You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Hello, my friend. If you are new here, hi, hi. Welcome to the show. We are uh, a couple of hot mess expresses, so buckle up for the ride. (laughs) And if you have been a part of the squad for a while, you freaking rock. Thanks for putting up with us. We love you. But real quick, before we dive into today's show, we just wanted to remind you of something super exciting. If you haven't heard, Lindsay and I are doing a free editing challenge for photographers, content creators, or honestly, any human being who just wants to learn how to master Lightroom. It's going to be a party. So head on over to theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge to get in on the goodness. Okay, and now today we have a treat for you. We get to talk to the incredible Quigley and her husband, Alex, and we are freaking stoked. If you don't already know her, well, first of all, fix that right now. But secondly, Quigley, aka Casey Goody, is a digital content creator based in Los Angeles, California. Her mission is to inspire mindfulness and human relationships through a vibrant and exciting visual narrative of lifestyle-driven content. In 2019, she launched her first online class, Social Media, spelled S-O-U-L, a self-care and mindset class for content creators. She also recently opened her social store, which includes her long-awaited posing guide. Quigley and her husband, Alex, are expecting their first child in October of 2020. And wow, they are going to be the cutest parents ever. Today, we get to sit down with Quigley and Alex and talk all about social media. We focus on creating viral content, how to stand out and be yourself, how to avoid burnout, creating content with a sole focus, how to stay inspired while creating a lot of content, and saying goodbye to the comparison game. We even dive into TikTok, whether or not you should be using it as a content creator. Hint you should, and how to harness the power of viral videos on the app to grow your audience and expand your marketing. Quigley and Alex even talk about working together as a couple and how they've navigated that and that journey. This episode is pure freaking gold in every possible way, and I'm stoked out of my mind with all of the free freaking knowledge that these two dropped. So grab a notebook Trust me, you'll want to take notes for this one. And let's get straight to it because this one is a doozy. So cue the music in three, two, one. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Awesome. Quigley and Alex, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so beyond excited to have you here today. Yay! I'm so excited too. Hey, thanks for having us. Did I just hear a cat in the background? (laughs) (laughs) Probably either her cat or her child. One of the two, real life. Probably with my child. I don't I think the cat's outside, but uh, I usually try to mute myself. (laughs) 
when uh, my child screams, but sometimes her squawks get out. <laughs> Your child has a really good cat impersonation. I, I would monetize that if I were you. She has a hidden talent. It's it's revealing itself young. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Well, we're so excited. Alex, we know that you popped on uh, a little bit last minute and we are beyond excited to talk to you both. I know that you guys just started kind of working together um, officially full time, so we can get into that. But to start off, for those that don't know who you are, Quigley, which I don't know who doesn't know who you are, but just introduce yourself, what you do, and then also, Alex, what you do and how you guys got to where you are today. We want the full story. Amazing. Well, like you said, I'm Quigley. Um, I also go by Casey Goody, wife to Alex Goody, who is sitting next to me, my partner in crime. Uh, and we are content creators. I started my blog back in 2015, mostly as a source of sharing outfits and fashion inspiration. And now it's grown to being a lifestyle blog um, about more than just fashion, but into the categories of beauty and wellness and relationships. I think I, at first, was really focusing just more on what I thought other people wanted to see, which was fashion and beauty. Um, and then I started exploring the topics of relationships and psychology. And that's sort of what got me on a roll and sort of set me apart as a content creator and as my relationship with my husband developed, he became more of an integral part of the brand. And our, our wedding content's actually really what I feel like put us on the map and uh, made our IG kind of take off. And we've been creators ever since. And we've been uh, exploring the education world for the first time in the past year and came up with an online class. And that's sort of like our new endeavor of how we help people do similar things to us and share their arts through social media. Yeah, <laughs> what she said. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Alex Goody. Uh, I'm the other half, uh, the lesser half of Officially Quigley, shall we say, and uh, and our educational company, The Social Media. Uh, yeah, so I was basically, I've been a full-time corporate guy for the past eight or nine years or so. And I've been traveling the world with uh, my beautiful wife for, for about last, yeah, seven or eight years. Been creating content, uh, working together as a husband and wife team. She's kind of been begging me to go full time with her. I never really knew what it was going to look like. And uh, then when the pandemic hits, it kind of actually was a blessing in disguise for me, at least, in that there were some things that we had been discussing, you know, with the social media and with expanding on our educational aspect of the business that it kind of gave me some time during during lockdown to kind of start to nurture those ideas and start to kind of whittle away at those at those concepts. So I actually spent uh, a majority of lockdown coaching uh, a lot of people within within my company at the time uh, on public speaking. Uh, I've been public speaking, uh, giving speeches on stage and after, uh, but appearing in front of the camera, behind the camera, writing speeches since, God, since I was like, in grade school. And uh, I've always thought about kind of becoming a speech coach. So I, I started doing that, especially since we're pivoting now in this digital age more toward virtual experiences, you know, using Instagram, using TikTok. And we find ourselves more often than not having to speak to a camera because we, yeah. that's how you engage with your followers, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of people are now, you know, trying to build their brand on, on social media. And they're like, oh, no, I have to talk to camera and I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that. And, uh, you know, they say that public speaking is the number one fear uh, 
hold, I guess, in the world, or yeah. I don't know, maybe it's spiders. Who knows? But it's like <laughs> always the top five. Um, so yeah, so I started doing that, and uh, I, I I really enjoyed it. Really filled my heart up, and so then, uh, God, we just decided to pull the trigger, and now here I am as uh, one half officially quickly in the social media with uh, my wife quickly. Yeah, and we really think that what you know what he was experimenting with with coaching people on public speaking and speaking for the camera, even though he was doing that inside of his own company, the aha moment was sort of like, well, what if we open that up to the officially Quigley audience and offer that as a service um, okay. and really tie people in on more of a personal one-on-one coaching level. So we're excited about that. Uh that's so good. You guys are just such a fun like duo and team and the energy that you both bring to the table, I'm sure behind the scenes in your business, but from what the world can see on social media is just so freaking cool. Um, and our Quig- baby is going to come out of the womb tap dancing probably. <laughs> <For> <laughs> cannot wait. Cannot I don't wait. know why. I can't dance, but okay, sure. <laughs> we, the energy is going to be there and we are all here for it. We're just, the energy that you guys bring, we're, your audience is just waiting for on your little <laughs> ones. <laughs> yes. We love it. Well, uh, I think for people that had followed you already, I think there was this underlying thought that was obviously false, but I, I think we all thought Alex that you already worked yeah. full time with her. Yeah, so I think it, it feels are. like from the outside, it'll be a natural transgression. That's not the word I meant. Transgression. <laughs> That's the word. Goodness gracious, my transgression are on the table today. Uh, I'm going to move forward assuming you meant transition. Yeah. No, yes, uh, I did. We've, I've definitely appeared in a supporting role on my wife's Instagram <laughs> account for many years. Uh, like she said, we've done so much wedding content. Uh, you know, the running joke in my friend circle is how many times are we going to get married? And, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think it was a, it was a logical transition for me to go full time. We've been we've been seeding the audience to kind of understand my perspective. And what's mm-hmm. really nice about working with my wife is that while we may have a different voice and a, and a slightly different perspective, we have, you know, incredibly similar core values and morals and, and, and driving yeah. factors in our lives. So you know, everything we're doing together, we might have a different approach, but we have the same outcome, desired outcome. Mm, For sure. So good. Yeah. I mean, I would love to hear you guys talk maybe a little bit before we dive into like specifically social media um, and like content creation. Do you guys want to share just a couple of your like lessons that you've learned or, or whatever of working together as like a husband and wife team as like partners in business now? Oh, you want me to kick this off? Oh, yeah. I feel like you're the, so Alex is, always ends up being the more patient one. Um, oh. And I think he's adopted the philosophy of happy wife, happy life. Like, a thousand percent. To a T. Yep. <laughs> Good philosophy. <laughs> um, so I would say that a lot of the times it, it ends up looking like I have a creative vision for a shoot. And Al just comes along to like really be supportive of bringing that vision to life. And whether that's just like anticipating disasters before they happen or just making sure that I'm fed. Nope. Yeah, we have. Yes. Yep. <laughs> have snacks. Have snacks. Have Especially snacks. now that you're pregnant. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I will say it's come with its challenges in the, in the sense that him and I are both extroverts. And so when we get on set and when we get around people, our energy gets really, really heightened and our, also our stress levels get really heightened. So, um, we definitely get in some scenarios where we're shooting and we we get really like frustrated if something goes wrong and like 
that's definitely the thing that we have to work on the most is like staying calm for each other. Hmm. That's yeah, so good. what she said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you say? No, I, I would, I would, I would agree wholeheartedly with everything she just said. I think that there is um, a tendency to look at what's put on the gram, as the kids say, and you kind of take those images or those captions at face value. And I think what what Quigley has done deftly over the years is she'll take a beautiful image and then she'll match it with a caption that doesn't necessarily wax philosophic and how perfect that shoot was because those shoot days are almost never perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. some of our best content that we got when we were in Italy, for example, we were on a boat and she was sick the entire time because she's really not a boat person. <laughs> but if you look at those images, it looks like, oh my goodness, they had the best day in Capri and like, oh, to live the life <laughs> yeah. of a traveling content creation couple. And all you do is hang out on a boat and take pictures. And, you know, there's... <laughs> Yeah, of course. And look, you have to you have to admit to yourself that there's a product being sold there, whether it's a lifestyle or an image. You know, this is this is marketing. This is advertising 101. This is not anything new. But I think what what Quigley and myself have kind of strived to do is to kind of show both sides of it. Like, yes, we have an, an incredible job where we often get to travel around the world and and take awesome photos and have these really fun experiences. But there's a lot of work that goes into creating those images and creating those experiences. And Mm -hmm. the work is often fun, but it's also often work. And so as a a couple traveling together, you know, just imagine you're traveling with your husband or your wife. There's natural stressors that occur. So Mm -hmm. now take that and then add in, you know, a, a photographer or a camera crew or, you know, we don't speak the language in the country and we're trying to get a license for where we're about to shoot. I mean, there's there's tons of added stressors that, that go along with normal relationships. Yeah. So we try and we try and be as transparent as possible about those stressors, even though like our our feed is so jam packed of like us laughing and smiling and giggling. I try and use my captions as a space to say like, hey, Alex and I got into our first fight ever under the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. And here's why. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, like bring people into the behind the scenes so that they don't think it's all sunshine and roses because it's just hard work and your significant other, but it's also very, very it's rewarding. rewarding. Mm. It's a, it's I a journey that. of, I'm sure navigating just the, the dynamics and the, the balance of it all. But it's so cool to see you guys like navigate it so authentically and so transparently. It's so fun to just follow along on that journey because I feel like you guys do share so much of, the good and the hard in such a balanced way that it's it's always encouraging even though you're also showing like the opposite side of things right thank you we try (laughs) (laughs) i love it well with that you guys i mean so quickly you are just such a light on social media and your creativity and your personality shine through in literally everything you do from your photos to your captions to your stories like everything so what advice do you have for those who are trying to figure out how to be themselves on social media, especially people who might be using Instagram or social media for their business specifically? Right. I think the biggest challenge for a lot of people is there's so much pressure to be unique and there's so much pressure to like stand out and like create a voice that's like no one else's. And and that can sometimes be a bit debilitating. Um, Something that has really helped me is to honestly almost let go of the ownership of ideas or uniqueness 
and consider my art more as like a compilation of all of my influences. And so, Mm. because like, we don't own ideas, we don't own styles, and we don't actually have to try to be unique at all because there's literally yeah. no one who is us. So oh, good. Love that. Relieving yourself of the pressure to try and be different is is great. And just acknowledging I'm different no matter what because no one has grown up the way that I've grown up. No one has the influences that I have in my personal life. No one is inspired by the same books and movies as I am. So you don't have to try. All you have to do is look at those influences and combine them. And that will be your unique voice. And mm-hmm. because if, if the things that really, really excite you about other people's work, if you started applying those things and principles to your work, it, it's going to feel good. And it's going to feel exciting for you. And in turn, your audience is going to be like, well, that's exciting. And it's unlike anything I've seen, because it's a mixture of all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like showing up and being truly authentically you. It's showing your personality. It's not trying to be anybody else mm-hmm. in, in that sense. It's like you're you're being you by combining all of the influences, like you said, or all of your interests. And that is uniquely you. I, I love that perspective. Al has some thoughts on this oh. too. Oh yeah. Just to wrap it up in a nice little bow. <laughs> if you want to be exciting, just be excited. If you're making mm. content that excites you, that is going to translate to your audience and they will be excited as well. Yeah, that's like a riff on the Dale Carnegie quote to be interesting, be interested. Yeah, I think mine's more exciting though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. (laughs) He's he's a bit of comic relief, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I already knew that just from following you and watching your stories. But I, when you said mm-hmm. Al was going to be on here, I was just so excited. <laughs> oh, you guys, yes. <laughs> okay, well, the next question is like the million dollar question that everybody asks anybody. I feel like that has any sort of social media following, which is. What did you do in order to experience the massive growth on social media? And I know that there's never one thing and it's always it's always uh, nebulous, I guess, how how people get followers or how they grow their audience. But and, and there's so many strategies and tips out there. But what is your take on the best way to grow your audience on social media? And then I guess Instagram specifically. Yeah, so that's actually what I created my entire online class about because I am really, really passionate about the transition that I made as a creator and I wanted so badly for other people to be able to experience that. So I'm like a wealth of information. I don't like, don't even know where to start, but we'll start <laughs> with, um, I started my Instagram, like I said, for fashion and to share outfits. And as Instagram evolved, well, I mean, first off, it was really like more of a social like profile for people, but for content creators and like the beginning fashion bloggers, it became a place to share outfits. And um, the emphasis was really on images and imagery because Instagram was the first photo sharing platform. And that was what I focused on. So I was like, okay, this is a photo sharing platform. I got to take cool pictures. I got to create awesome visuals. And at the time I was pursuing a career in the music industry. I wasn't actually thinking I wanted to be a fashion blogger. I was just doing it as a hobby. And so as a musician, I was thinking about, okay, how can I create a brand here? How can I create something that will market my music? And I started working with different photographers um, to create content as like Quigley the artist, if that makes sense. 
and um, just sort of developing different visual aesthetics and narratives in creating a brand. And I was so busy exploring what how everything looked and developing that with different photographers that I got to this point where I forgot the why behind why I was writing music and why I was working on, you know, growing my blog. And, uh, which is hilarious because I had a full, like my blog, my blog was like in full swing and I really didn't understand what my purpose was. Mm. Like I knew it was because I wanted to share outfits, but I didn't really make the connection that every idea that I was writing about in my songs, I could actually apply to my blog as well. I felt like they had to be separate. So when I started exploring some of the topics that I wrote about in my music and actually sharing those on the blog and uh, sharing my writing that was more, uh, I guess I would say, um, personal and raw and authentic in my social media, that's when the big transition came. And what ended up happening was instead of taking a photo, posting it on social media, and then thinking of a caption to like, put up with it because all the other bloggers were just writing short little witty captions. Instead of trying to be like them, I was like, well, what if I take an excerpt of my journal or what if I take a song that I've written and turn it into an Instagram post? Like how, how about I reverse engineer this, start with the caption and then think about how I want to visualize it and how I want to be represented um, from an aesthetic perspective um, or artistic or symbolic perspective. So I think that for me was the big transition when I started letting my message lead the content rather than um, the visuals. That being said, now it kind of flows both ways. Sometimes I'll have like this idea for an image that I really want to get or an outfit I really want to accomplish and that will inspire a message. But um, it was really important for me to stop thinking about Instagram as just being a place to share photos. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I think it's so important. Something that Lindsay and I like talk about and teach when it comes to social media is there are, you know, so many people on social media who are looking for inspiration and encouragement and community and, you know, stories. And they're not just there for photos, even though it's an incredible platform to share beautiful work and photos. And clearly, quickly, you have mastered that. But it's also such an incredible platform and opportunity to share so much more in your captions. And that, in in our opinion, which I believe you 100% agree with, is what will just catapult you beyond even just beautiful photos. Like the combination yeah. of the two is a master like secret sauce, basically, yeah. that just makes such a difference. Exactly. Well, and I feel like it's you're doing... There's two types of people, the people that jo- just see a photo and double tap and they they just care about the photos and the people that actually want to be invested, they want, they're yearning for something by scrolling and you're hitting both, you're hitting two birds, one stone by having an awesome photo with a really engaging, vulnerable storytelling caption. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing, you're not just like leaving the second group hanging by just doing like a witty caption with yeah. just a really awesome photo. Yeah. And then I'll add to that too. I mean, Quigley's been working on her personal account for what is it six seven years now five years x amount of years and like <laughs> her audience has has been curated uh, you know mostly by her efforts but also by the line of natural fit so you know mm-hmm. one of the first things we talk about in our social media class is basically that you need to listen to your audience right yeah. um your audience is going to tell you what they want to see more of this is why casey's engagement is is so strong and so high it's because if she has however many thousand followers 
you know, all of them are engaged and captivated by both her images and they've been groomed to also want to read the captions. So, yeah. you know, contrasting that with myself <laughs> where, you know, I've kind of posited myself to this point as like the funny guy and yuck, yuck, yuck jokes. And, and that's totally fine. And there should be levels to your posts. You know, we talk about in buckets, you know, our posts, whether it be the imagery or the caption will typically fall into, you know, for whole number six, let's say one of five categories that we have audited our followers to know that they respond to these type, these five types of content. Um, I'm being very reductive here, but go along with me on the journey. Uh, <laughs> but I can already tell, like now that I'm kind of pivoting more into the educational sector and, and wanting to get more hands-on with our social media, you know, course offerings and with the, uh, the, the coaching, whether it be on social media in general or, or speaking for camera or public speaking, um, I am starting to transition into the longer form captions where I'm also being a little bit more, you know, revealing of, of, of things more akin to what my, my wife has been doing for, for a very long time. And, and I've got varying results and that's okay. And, and my account is, is, it's much smaller than hers. And it's okay to be experimenting at this point to find out what my audience is going to respond to. I know that if I post a picture of myself, it's going to get, you know, one sort of engagement. But if I post a photo of us as a couple, it's going to get a whole other sort of engagement. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, balancing out, you know, I don't want to just beat them over the head with, with cute couple pics and funny captions. I want to start, you know, mixing it up a bit and diversifying. But that also does take a little bit of patience and a little bit of experimentation to see, okay, cool. This really worked. My audience really responded well to this. This didn't work so well. That's okay. I learned X, Y, Z from that. So, you know, what I want to give to people who are maybe just starting out, whether it's they're, whether it's for a personal account or whether they're trying to build a brand or a business on social media, it's don't be afraid to experiment. You need to see what works and what doesn't work so that you can lean into more of what your audience wants to see. Okay, I love I love that you just touched on that. Evie and I are typically uh, probably like Quigley where we're pretty long and vulnerable in captions and we're notorious for like writing a big long thing. And I think a lot of our students and followers see that and they're like, oh, okay, that's what I need to do in order to be successful. But they've never done that before. So this is the first time that they're maybe writing a longer caption, even with like maybe a CTA and asking people, inviting them into answer something in the comments, but then they get zero response. And they're like, well, why? It, it clearly doesn't work. And it's like, well, it doesn't work the first time. We've been doing this for five years. And so yeah. I love that you touched on that because you, you have to experiment. You have to continually try new things and then all ultimately cultivate what you're doing to cater to each of your audiences. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Also to clarify for anyone who might be confused listening to that, CTA stands for call to action, which is basically oh, yeah, like at the end, you're good. <laughs> it's basically like at the end of your caption or whatever, inviting people to engage by asking a question or whatever. So in case anyone was it's confused my, by that. It's my favorite thing. I yes. love... I say call to action like probably 70 times a day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's actually what she calls me behind, behind closed doors. She calls me <laughs> call to action. She calls me CTA. I actually didn't know what it meant until right now. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of friends. That's so funny. That's well, a funny. I, you know, oh, sorry. I just want to add to that. that. That is interesting you talk about the CTA because I do feel like that was a tactic. That was just kind of like a blanket thing that everyone kind of just started doing to mm -hmm. try it out. and. I can remember even in early days, you know, a few years ago, 
when you kind of see this idea of like, oh, you might want to start introducing a CTA in your captions. Oh, what's a CTA? What's a call to action? You know, ask your followers to tell you something or, you know, give them a reason to comment. But then all of a sudden, like every single post is like, hey, what's your favorite book? Yeah. What what should I put on my hot dog for lunch? Like CTA, (laughs) like. And then it's like, okay, let's walk that back a little bit. You need to like, you know, use it as a, as a seasoning. You need to like seed mm-hmm. that in there. Don't hit them over yeah. the head. Yeah. Right. The CTA. yeah. Actually make it relevant to the conversation and to yeah. what you're actually talking about. And don't make it obviously spammy. Like yeah. what is your hot dog topic? Unless your caption is about hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many captions about hot dogs. <laughs> it's actually a problem. I need to walk that back a little bit. Well, I think just to like tag on really fast before I ask you guys another question, I think, Alex, what you said is just so good of understanding what your audience wants from you, what they're showing up for and what they're going to continue to show up for. And, you know, great ways to do that is to pull your audience to literally ask them questions of what are you here for? Why do you follow me? What do you want to see more of? Like, you know, you don't have to ask that every single week, but occasionally just to refresh yourself on like, okay, everyone really loves X content. So I should continue to create more of that. And that just gives you like a purpose instead of blindly like shooting in the dark, trying to create something that people might like when you can literally just ask them and then show up and serve them with what they're there for. Like it's, it just gives you so much direction and like clear focus on what you're creating and who you're creating it for and why you're like creating it. So yes. Amen. That that exact thing has helped me work through like multiple crises. Mm -hmm. Like I will have these and I'm sure most creatives go through periods where they question the the work that they're doing mm-hmm. and they question like, oh, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? And honestly, just by touching base with my audience every once in a while and being like, hey, just want to make sure like this, like, you know, you're seeing what you want from me. You're, you're you know, this is valuable content to you. Like, I just want to touch base has helped just reaffirm some of the insecurities that I feel sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also... Like, for example, like if I'm questioning whether or not I should do a campaign, if I'm questioning whether or not I should do a giveaway, sometimes I'll just jump on my stories and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, is this something you're interested in learning about? Because yeah. then if my audience says, no, we don't want to learn about that teeth whitening gel, <laughs> then it's a no. <laughs> or, you know, like if there's a giveaway for, um, you know, a cooking ingredient, but they but they like have never seen me post about cooking, even though I do post about cooking. Um, <laughs> I, I might ask, is this something, is the topic you're interested in? Cause if not, I'm going to say no to this giveaway or, mm-hmm. and it's been really helpful to just like, if I'm questioning something, they're right there ready to yeah. answer. Yeah. It's so helpful. I mean, you, you literally have all of the answers to those questions that you 100% feel as a content creator, like at your fingertips, like, it's it's an incredible community of showing up and and being there for each other as a full circle, like as the content creator and as the audience. And just it's an incredible tool that we can harness and use as creators if we're open to humbling ourselves and asking that, like, what do you want to see? Why are you here? Are you down for this or not? Like harnessing that, I feel changed is the game just in your purpose, your vision, your inspiration, your passion, like all of it. Totally. I love it. Okay. Well, Quigley, you are the queen 
of creating binge-worthy content. I feel like we've kind of like tiptoed around that a little bit, but we are so inspired by your constant creativity in everything you do. But I mean, you kind of just touched on this too. Like as creatives, it can be so hard sometimes to constantly stay inspired to create, especially when you're creating a lot. How do you continue to create such beautiful content like time and time again? For me, it's been a journey of letting go of, honestly, it's like almost the exact opposite answer. The The journey for me has actually been letting go of my perfectionism and letting go mm-hmm. of like having to show up at 100% every single time. Um, when I first started and I was getting going with creating content, I always felt like I had to one-up myself and like everything needed to be better and better and better. And, um, that pressure was really debilitating and it actually sent me into multiple phases of burnout where I was like a hot, hot mess and just like was uninspired to create anything for months. So what I really had to work on was not necessarily like making, um, consistent, beautiful content, but like figuring out a recipe for a structure that could maintain longevity for, you know, creative output. And a lot of that, um, had to do with some coaching that I had from my friend, Casey Dreyer, who, um, has helped me basically, she's like a life coach and, um, business coach. And a lot of of what we worked on together was just figuring out the energy input versus energy output and like taking a pulse on that every week figuring out the things that were draining me and the things that were fueling me and how I could delegate things and just like essentially make sure that I wasn't so attached to this idea of perfectionism that I was completely depleting myself over and over again. So mm-hmm. I think for me, what I do to continue to stay motivated first off is to remember my purpose and remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then when I can hone in on that. I kind of next take a, take a look at, okay, what is my schedule? How much can I create? What do I need to create? What don't I need? What, what can I let go of? Um, what's not served. If, if it's not serving my audience, then can it, you know, be let go of. And then, um, just overall knowing that like every single day doesn't need to be a hundred percent. And like it, I think this year, especially for me, it was just like, I needed to let go of this idea that I needed to have like a full fledged photo shoot for every single post. And then it could just be and like every once in a while, people just can see me doing a funny dance or, you know, in my kitchen, taking a selfie, like it doesn't need to be like people are showing up for me and my story. And they're not necessarily always needing this crazy, beautiful imagery. Um, And that is, I think, been really, really helpful for me to not go through mental breakdowns of burnouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think people are craving authenticity even more. And I I think the introduction of stories really brought about that more less curated, real, raw, like peek behind the curtain. And I think that's slowly we're seeing that come more onto feeds. Whereas like a few years ago, I think everything had to be like a magazine layout. Yeah. Like it needed to look very curated, like your brand. And now I'm finding maybe even TikToks, maybe even infiltrated that a little bit of just like mm-hmm. more just funny, raw, real, like iPhone shots. I've, I've seen a lot more of that. And I've noticed you've done that too. And I think that's yeah. just, it's such a, 
a breath of fresh air. And it's, I think it gives you permission to not be so perfect all the time, which I love. Mm -hmm. Same. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Insta game. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Hey, Heart fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, <laughs> HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. A logistical question kind of to go with the whole shoot thing. Do you batch your shoots? Like, I'm sure that's the case. I mean, like, I'm sure you're not physically going out every single day and shooting. So what's the typical workflow of your job as a content creator? Like, what does that look like? Definitely. It's a great question. And there's definitely been a difference between pre-COVID, pre-quarantine and post. Um, Before this year, it was generally like two or three photo shoots a month. And we would batch the content in those days. And each photo shoot generally was driven by a campaign we were doing. And we would hire a photographer for that campaign. And then we would like attach on organic content to shoot while we had that photographer. So, so yeah, it would, it would generally be about three shoot days. And, um, but then every day, you know, we're filming stories as we go and that's in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also it very, it would vary if we were traveling. Right. So if we were traveling, then we might do like, we might shoot every day (laughs) and it gets really (laughs) exhausting. Yeah. Um, but then now, now that, uh, gosh, we've been quarantined and it's just like, life has totally changed. I feel like 
we don't even do photo shoots anymore. We just kind of like randomly will take photos when we're dressed and ready. And mm-hmm. it's just been so like, it's which is so- also few and far between these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, this will, this won't go down as like the COVID days. This will be like the sweatpants. Sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> Like the COVID style. style. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, we're we're in a heat wave right now, so it's more like running shorts and uh errand t-shirts on daily. <laughs> yeah, but but for the most part, um, if I am getting hair and makeup ready, I try and do as much as I can in a in a single day so that other days I can take off and just like be sans makeup and just chill. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so good. I think it also gives you like just a, a relief from the pressure of you know, having to get ready and take photos every day and constantly feel like you're behind on creating content when you're able to kind of batch it. It just gives you a lot to work from without Mm -hmm. feeling behind on it all the time. Yeah, we also recycle content a lot. I don't have any shame in that really because, you know, your audience is always changing. So if I throw up a photo that we took last year in Hawaii or Italy or whatever, people aren't going to be like, why are you reposting this? Yeah. So, right. Oh, yeah. I want to, yeah, we should dispel anybody who's got fear of like reposting. Yeah. I, I had a yeah. fear when I was in like grade school of like re wearing the same pair of pants or the same t shirt <laughs> in a two week period. And like, I could have probably worn the same t shirt or pair of pants every single day and nobody would have noticed, but I thought my crush would notice. So <laughs> I made sure not to repeat things, right? But like, yo, we all need to chill. You've got some great content. Feel free to stretch that out as much as you can, right? I think that that there's kind of like a stigma about that you have to do something original and incredible every Mm -hmm. single time you log on. And I think that that really kind of just works against you because like the number one thing that is going to help you grow, expand your reach, expand the number of people who are looking on your page is literally consistency. If you're consistently showing up for your audience, you're consistently putting out, you know, quality content, be it in your photos, or your captions, you know, those are the things that, that we really want to focus on, on making sure that you're, you're doing every single day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, you know, I will also say that there another kind of like weird um, thing in this COVID post COVID world is that there are a lot of really, you know, high level creators who are posting more and more iPhone content or just like shot on the whim in their living room or in their backyard and it is kind of nice because it does kind of take a pressure off of the content creators who are thinking that, again, they have to put out this incredible, like heart-stoppingly, beautifully curated shoot every single time. And it's like, no, dude, like your followers just want to see you. Like put yeah. some stuff out. So I do think the on-the-whim shoots or, or in-the-moment shoots where you're shooting in your front yard, your backyard, your, your living room. I also think that that can add to, you know, whatever the messages you're trying to, to send about that, that image or about your caption. Um, and if you are an influencer who's blessed enough to be, you know, working with brands and you're posting, you know, sponsored content, you know, how can you weave into the narrative of that product the fact that you're shooting this sitting at your 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 kitchen table or on your couch or with your dog in your backyard. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of freedom that comes in not having to map out these massive shoots and mm-hmm. and it's about, you know, embracing the inner creative and seeing how you can weave a narrative that that ties into authenticity and real life. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, people, I think, long for authenticity in in so much. And so, you know, seeing social media almost continue along that that 
that road, it's no longer, I think, a trend of just hashtag authentic. I think it's an incredible opportunity to continue to show up with you know, yourself in a way that is inviting people into real life, you know, inspiring and encouraging and beautiful content, but then also, you know, inspiring, encouraging, beautiful iPhone content, just like you were saying, Alex, in like your backyard. Like it's, it's all a part of the story that I think a lot of people are hungering for now that takes pressure off of content creators and serves your audience in a really beautiful way. I think I have a funny story if Quiglet doesn't yeah. mind me sharing, I think, oh my God, dude. it's a quick little quip, but I think one of the first maybe arguments we got into over content creation, and I'm talking, this is like early days of us dating. So this is like a seven, eight years ago, but I remember, you know, she has a beautiful eye for aesthetics and, you know, living here in SoCal, we have, we have access to some really incredible terrain. So I remember she did a shoot with, I'm going to say it was like a deodorant stick. Uh, this is again, six, seven years ago. And I remember she was like in a beautiful, like Joshua tree esque scene. And she's like in this beautiful flowing dress and she's like holding up the deodorant stick and she's like showing me these photos. And I just remember thinking like, I mean, they're beautiful shots, but do you often find yourself applying deodorant in the desert? I don't remember this at all. I remember this vividly. (laughs) And I just remember thinking like, Look, it's a beautiful shot, don't get me wrong, but if you're trying to sell authenticity, I don't know why you're walking into this beautiful desert scape with a secret deodorant stick. <laughs> First of all, I don't agree with that, too. Second of all, if that did happen, that was not at a time where people were on the authenticity kick. That was 100%. like, just create the prettiest image ever. And I was yes. totally... Like, 100%. I remember I failed miserably at that for a very long time. But you have to fail to know it works. And I'm sure, like you said at the time, I'm sure that image worked very well given the current climate. But again, today, it's like, you know, think about the story that you want to tell and what your objective is. And, you know, if you're trying to sell a deodorant stick, there's nothing wrong with that. But think about where you apply your deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> you do it in your in your bathroom. That's authentic. Not, are you doing it on, on some guy in the south of France? Oh, I mean, right? <laughs> probably not the, not the majority of us it's so that's good. amazing I, the the engagement too that you see on like the the naturally like this is where i would be using this you know content or this this product or whatever i feel like it does so much better on social media these days just like you were saying like quigs and alex of like the the tide has almost changed to like keep it 100% authentic or people yeah. will just like raise an eyebrow and scroll past the photo. Like it's interesting to or, see how that is be On the total opposite end of the spectrum where you like, you know, for sure you're having a joke. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. like just totally extreme wonky. Why, why am yeah. I using this product in this area? And it's like, <laughs> well, which is yeah. also a tactic because people love to call you on the absurd. People love yeah. to call you <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, no, we, we have a funny story about this. So we, we recently discovered that, um, the secret to TikTok is, um, being wrong. If you spell, (laughs) if you spell something wrong or say a word wrong, your video will go viral. (laughs) That's amazing. Because everyone's commenting, telling you that you're wrong. Yeah. It is hilarious. My first viral video on on TikTok was because um, I used this balsamic glaze on a salad, and it's um, the brand is is Nona Pia's N O N N A, but I pronounced it 
non-apias like a Minnesotan would call it <laughs> because that's where I'm from. And people were like, it's non-apia. And I'm like, so okay, because I'm not Italian, but I'm sorry. But it, it makes <laughs> The TikTok police are are what will help you go viral. <laughs> and, then, and then the same thing happened with bruschetta. Like I said bruschetta and they were like, it's bruschetta. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you, Giada De Laurentiis. Yes, bruschetta. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Well, that actually leads really well into, I kind of want to have you talk a little bit about TikTok because you guys are just thriving over there. You're loving it. And you have definitely figured out some great uh, strategies to growing on there. So talk to us about creating some viral content on TikTok and maybe even start off with, do you think it's important for content creators to get on board with the TikTok train right now? Okay, so I was a skeptic at first. TikTok, I honestly think I heard that word for the first time last September, and I was like, "Wait, what? I, what am I? What planet am I on?" I did not. I was not aware at all. I was never on Musically um, because I thought that that was for children. Um, <laughs> and then TikTok came about, and I was like, "Well, this is also for children." <laughs> I'm 32. I can't. And um. And then I was on a trip with H&M at the time and um, Brittany Xavier was on the trip and she is one of my favorite content creators. And she has a daughter who's 12 or 13 at the time. And her daughter was telling us all about TikTok and showing us, you know, how to make TikToks. And it was like a bunch of, it was awesome because it was a bunch of very influential influencers like crowded around a table as like this you know 12 year old girl who's so talented just showed us this new platform and we were all like uh I mean I don't know I don't know everyone was still kind of skeptical but I remember those people in that room um everyone started a TikTok TikTok account and I was sort of the last one to jump on board of that group but after about six months of watching Brittany and her daughter create content they grew a million followers in six months. Dang. And I was wow. like, wait, what? And then I started keeping tabs on, and this was about in January or something, or I, I don't know the timeline, but I started keeping tabs on like the people that had been consistently showing up on TikTok and their numbers were just skyrocketing. And I was like, wow. okay, this is a platform that you can grow your audience really fast on. There must be something worth checking out. And um, for so long, I had been really excited about doing YouTube, but I never committed to like being consistent with it, mostly because long form video just intimidated me and I was already mm -hmm. spread so thin. I was like, how can I do more content? I like yeah. can't. And so for me, this idea of making like little snippets of video that were that was short form seemed more digestible to do on an everyday basis. And so I jumped on, I just started experimenting with it. And as I started watching other people's content and figuring out the way the algorithm worked, the re I mean, the reason why I love IG so much is because I love psychology and I love the way the human brain works. And I love like analyzing why people click on things and why people consume certain content and why they do the things that they do. And that's similar with TikTok. I immediately was trying to figure out, okay, how does this work? How can I dissect this mm -hmm. and figure this out? And it was like a fun challenge for me. So 
I started just really doing a lot of research on how the algorithm worked and how people were able to grow their account so fast and started applying those strategies. And um, I think literally, I've had a few vi- videos go viral, but um, this last week was, I, I think I grew 30K in one day. Um, Whoa. What? Yeah. That's 30K insane. in one day because of one viral video. Dang. Um, so now, yeah. So since January, I started in January and my account's now at like 112 or 113,000 followers. And the amount of time that it took me to grow 113,000 followers on Instagram was like five yeah. years. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, so it's like the algorithm just works so well. Sorry, go out. Yeah, the algorithm, it's really the the hashtags are very fertile right now. And I'm using that. Well, hashtags explicitly. are just actually relevant. Like on, yeah. on IG, yeah. hashtags don't really matter anymore. But uh, it also seems like with TikTok, um, the same strategies that you might apply to like a successful YouTube channel. Um, I mean, you can Google this, but there's like, it's, it's way more, what's the word about SEO? It's like about searchability. Yeah. It's about searchability, but it's also about like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very like marketing centric type Mm -hmm. like science to like how you structure your headlines, how you structure the caption, how you structure, you know, um, the, the text in the first few seconds of the video and exactly where that text is put. So from, from my perspective, uh, watching her do this. And and as we've discussed this, it does seem as though TikTok, like uh, besides the hashtags, it's a much more like technical formulaic way to grow your account. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're into kind of like mathematics and, and the science of how the eye reads advertisements, you'd actually do probably very well at TikTok. But it also does come back to, you know, what makes a really great Instagram account is also what makes a really great TikTok account, which it always comes back to just quality content. And, and the quality, the word quality is going to be subjective, of course, but, but at the same time, you know, you're putting out good content that people respond to and you're doing more of that, like that's what's going to make a great account. Yeah, yeah. so there are two things. The two main things about TikTok that I, the reasons why I believe that they're, that it's a good space to be on as a creator, or honestly, even if you're not a creator, like doctors are on there and doing awesome. Like, yeah, you can, <laughs> so you can literally be Ironman and be on there and like have fun with it. I, you can do literally anything. Um, but if you're creative, if you're creative in any shape, way, shape, or form, and you have a message you want to share with the world, be on the platform because it is because of its novelty. People aren't afraid to follow people right now. They're not like oversaturated with content, so they'll follow whoever they want. And because of the nature of the algorithm being the for you page is the main way to scroll your feed, you're actually scrolling through mostly people who you're not following. So that's why it's so easy to discover new accounts and for people who have zero followers to get a million views on a video. Yeah. Oh, that's like, so that's fascinating. There's no other platform where you can have zero followers and get a million views on your video. Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so... It, I feel like... TikTok in general for a lot of people is very intimidating because like you were kind of saying earlier quickly of, especially if you're a content creator, you're like, oh, I'm already trying to create all this content. This is just another thing and another piece for me to create. But at the same time, it's, it's so like the harvest is just <laughs> right <harvest>. over, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's like so much just ripe for the picking. Like it's mm-hmm. just such an incredible opportunity to reach people to grow and it's less intimidating I would 100% agree than like YouTube and and creating a whole long video 
And I feel like people on TikTok also are a lot more chill and just appreciate like quirky, fun, original, unique, like happy, encouraging, inspiring like content. There's just I feel so much opportunity on TikTok that is intimidating because it's another form of content to create. But it's also so like prime opportunity to really grow. It's fueled my creativity on other platforms because I'm thinking about content in more of a narrative way. I'm Mm -hmm. thinking in in content more of how do, what is the goal here? What's the purpose of this video and what do I want to achieve? And then also on the other hand, on TikTok, it's like almost encouraged for you to copy people. Mm -hmm. Like the whole point of TikTok is like, oh, a trend kicks off and everybody tries it which to me is really encouraging as a creator because it's not so possessive. I think people get so possessive on Instagram of this is my idea to copy me. And it's like, oh my God, nothing makes me want to vomit more than that because like, we don't (laughs) have ideas. So um, I love on TikTok how people are like, use my audio, Mm -hmm. try my dance, do my thing. Like people want you like, that's encouraged. And I think that takes the pressure off of always having to be the one coming up with ideas because all you need to do to come up with an idea for a video on TikTok is scroll your for you page. And if something jumps out at you and you're like, Oh, I like that content that that person made, just go make your own version of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that distinction about just you're encouraged to copy and you're encouraged to play around and be creative, which I, I, and then I love that you said, that actually encourages you to be creative on other platforms because you're already in the headspace of thinking creatively and just kind of being in that content creation process. So I think that's amazing. Um, Switching gears a little bit, I'd love to chat about how you market yourself or your business online with a sole focus. We know you talk a lot about this. You're passionate and you've even... Like your course and your education company is called Social Media with S-O-U-L. And so I would love to know a little bit behind your heart behind that and then what that is coming from. Totally. I think that that has come from the hurdles that I've had to come, uh, you know, what are you, what is it? Hurdles? What do you do with hurdles? You jump over hurdles. What, what do you do? Or you kick them what over. What do you achieve? Depends <laughs> what type of hurdles there are. <laughs> Overcome hurdles. Are they like the ones that you have to track me? Because you can just kick that out of the way. I'm pretty lightweight. <laughs> I wouldn't jump while you're pregnant. That sounds pretty dangerous. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> See, whenever I'm blanking, he just comes in and he makes everything right again. It's so <laughs> the comedic relief. I'm here for it. <laughs> so overcoming the hurdles of being a content creator has been, you know, um, navig- it's like navigating a maze, you know? So I, I definitely think that part of it was figuring out my perfectionism. Part of it was figuring out comparison. Part of it was figuring out my relationship with technology and like, how being a creative and also being on my phone all the time affected me. And as I was overcoming, oh, and then also growing a business, like starting it as being a blog and then turning into an entrepreneur, I felt like I was exploring all of these things uh, from an emotional and psychological standpoint that I wasn't sharing with my audience. And so once I started to share those things, I felt like all these people came out of the woodwork who could relate with all of those topics. And that's when I started connecting with my audience on a deeper level. And that's when I started really understanding deeply what my purpose was on the space. And so that's why I try and lead everything with soul, soul forward intentions. That's so good. That's so good. (laughs) Thanks. Twins. Um, Quigley, I, I would love to hear you maybe just talk a little bit 
because as creatives, it is so, so easy to get stuck in our own heads and get caught up in the comparison game, even, you know, when you are trying to lead with a soul focus and, you know, just put yourself on a deeper level out there or whatever. It doesn't matter. The comparison game is just strong in the creative world. How do you feel that you are able to shut down this voice and kind of stay true to who you are? Yeah. So I had a big transition moment with this in my content and I go back to this story a lot. Um, but it was during one of my first periods of burnout where a lot of that anxiety for perfectionism came from looking at other people's content and asking myself, well, why, why do they have such a big account? Like why, why are they getting this brand partnership? Why, how can this girl afford to travel all the time? How can this girl afford all of these expensive outfits? And as I was asking myself those questions, I realized, A, it didn't really feel good to consume their content because I was, it was making me insecure in ways. But then yeah. B, wait, if, if I'm feeling that way about other people's content, then how are people feeling about my content? Mm. And that really sat with me for a while. And I realized, okay, I'm not, I'm not showing the full picture and I want to show the behind the scenes. Cause I don't, heaven forbid anyone come to my page and think those things or feel those feels. Mm-hmm. I didn't want that. That's not why I started my account at all to make people jealous. It, I started my account to inspire people. And so I decided, okay, I gotta, I gotta stop with this perfectionism and figure out how to be more transparent and to show the big picture, show the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs of being a creator so that there aren't people out there going quickly is perfect. <laughs> um, I don't know if people ever said that. Yeah. So that was the first sort of indicator to me that I wanted to change the way that I approach things to is to like prevent that from happening. And then as, um, as I sat with that thought, a post came up in my feed um, of Becca Tilly's. And I love her. Uh, do you, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about from The Bachelor? Yes. Yep. I love Becca. She's so wonderful. And, <laughs> she's um, literally one of my favorite people. <laughs> yeah, she's so great. And um, this was at a time where I was like dead set on my feed had to be every photo was perfect and my grid had a certain order to it. And I was like, so gung-ho that I would never post an iPhone pic on my account. And she posted a photo of literally just her in her bedroom with no makeup on in front of a white wall being like, I'm so sick of this comparison game. I'm so sick of like everyone trying to outdo each other. Like I'm so sick of trying to be the prettiest version of myself. And she just was like on and on about how she was enough just the way she was. And I was, my immediate thought was I could never do something like that. I could never post a photo of me without makeup, just in my bedroom. Why? And then I, that, I sat with that for a while. Why could I never do that? And, but also on the other hand, what about that inspired me? What about that made me feel empowered? And um, yeah, that was like a turning point for me where I realized if that kind of content is the kind of content that empowers me, then maybe I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> mm. Like maybe, maybe I'm not creating the kind of content that I want to make to make people feel good. Um, and to inspire people in the way I want to inspire people. And so I just started experimenting with what that meant. And, um, you know, one of, one of the posts I did was just me showing up without makeup. One of the posts was me showing up 
in my backyard saying, okay, it's not a crazy castle, but it's just my backyard. And I hope, I hope it's enough. But like, I was exploring the topics of feeling like I was comparing myself. I was exploring the topic of pushing myself and my perfectionism. I was exploring, you know, these things that people could relate to. And I think that that's what essentially ended up catapulting me into this new direction of transparency and hopefully authenticity. That's Uh, so inspiring. That's, (laughs) I love that because I think that even goes back to the soul focus. Like you're Mm -hmm. going back to your why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I posting pretty pictures online? Why am I even running a business? And it's peeling back the layers of, of understanding what you're inspired by. And then like, how can I do that on my own account? I think it's hard to differentiate between, you know, the desire of jealousy and the feeling of, oh, well, that, that person's content makes me jealous, but that person's content makes me inspired because some, sometimes yeah. the line isn't very clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think at the end of the day, the only person you can be responsible for is yourself and the content you're creating. And so that's why I go back to, well, what is that that I'm doing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so good. I think it's also really important to realize that, you know, quickly, like you were saying, like if you do notice that you're following somebody who makes you feel like jealous or insecure or just questioning your own worth or or whatever, just the negative feelings where you're like, yep, 100%, this is not inspiration. This is jealousy and funky feelings and I don't like this. Um, there are two magical <laughs> tools on Instagram. One of them is called the unfollow button. It, it's really helpful if you've never used that. And the <laughs> other one is called, if you know somebody in real life, but their content just like you feel that that jealousy and that comparison game really like strong, but you also love the person or, you know, it's an industry peer that you don't want to like hurt or whatever. There's another magical button called the mute button <laughs> where you just don't see their content, but you are technically still following them. So my encouragement in like my own personal life, which quickly I don't, I'm assuming you've probably done this as well. Like if you do feel that comparison game and that jealousy and like, just yucky feelings coming up about, you know, somebody that you're following, I would step away from that because inspiration is incredible. Comparison and jealousy is detrimental. So pick and choose who you're absorbing from regularly and and don't be afraid to click either one of those buttons. Yeah, I'm just glad that there's not a mute button in real life. I'm pretty sure oh my gosh. Operating frequently. So oh, amazing. So true. Wrapping up, I we have this question that we ask all of our guests. So we want to ask you guys, what is the biggest lesson either of you or each of you has learned? And I that wow, grammar just did not work in that sentence. What's the biggest lesson each of you have learned in business? I know that was kind of a loaded question. It was, it was a pretty deep one. You want to go first? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, the biggest lesson I've learned, honestly, is just to go for it. I was going to say take a chance on yourself or like take you have to take a leap of faith. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's so many ways to say that. And I think there's like a famous, like, funny college quote that's like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. But I mean, the sentiment, I, I've found that to be the most true thing on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year level with regard to business, yeah. relationships pretty much everything in life. I mean, it's like you, you, if you don't go for it, if you don't, if you don't take a chance, take a risk, it's not going to happen. 
Yeah. Period. And then also once you're in the midst of it, it's like using that muscle to push past the fear and the doubt. I think uh, something that I always come back to is like the fear is always the strongest right before you're about to break through. So if you can continue to develop, once you take that leap of faith on yourself, if things get hard and if you, you know, you're doing the, the valleys and the peaks and you're in a valley, like you've got to remember that it's going to get scarier and scarier before you get to that next peak. And you have to have that faith and that grit that keeps you pushing on to the next thing yeah i mean we one of <laughs> one of our dogs um we love her to death she's she's wonderful but uh, we tried to take her on a few hikes uh in los angeles a couple years back and she'd be all super excited to be on this walk with us and out you know the outdoors and it's beautiful and it's warm and then as soon as the hike started to take an incline she was like whoa wait 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 no 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 i, <laughs> I signed up for a walk i didn't sign up for a hill climb and she would just sit <laughs> And it was funny to me because oh I was like, God. oh my goodness, like in order to, be, in order to get the reward of, of, of going on the hike or getting your exercise in, like the path is going to get increasingly harder. And hopefully we mm. as humans will not just sit down when the path starts to become an incline. And, and again, mm. this kind of goes back to that, the original phrase I said about, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You know, there's so many colloquialisms that basically say the same thing, but maybe they resonate with you differently. So you know, being a nerdy guy that I am, I love the quote that uh, if there's anything that video games taught me, it's that if you encounter a lot of bad guys, you're probably going the right way. Right? Mm. Because if it's worth doing, you're going to have to fight through some hell to get there. And I, and I, and I just want to, you know, ensure that my son and our future children know that anything that's worth doing is going to take some work. And there's no magic mm. pill. There's no magic bullet. There's typically not a lot of uh, shortcuts that are that are going to take you to something that's worthwhile. You, you, you're going to have to put the work in. So like me, I just literally today is day one, ground zero of me being full-time, taking over the ops at Officially Quigley and social media and becoming a full-time educator on these platforms uh, and in the public speaking sector. And, you know, I, I have to put in the work and, and as much as I'd love to just go on my stories and be like, all right, guys, my email is open, like flood me with your business. <laughs> you know, I know it's going to take a little bit and that's okay. And that's okay because the but, work is going to equal a really fantastic reward later. But if you want to email him, uh, it <laughs> is socialmedia.com. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we, we get to say <laughs> I think the last question is where we get to, we, we get to soft pitch ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Well, I would, before Evie asks you that, I was literally about to say, this is your day one on the job and you're literally already doing a podcast interview. So I say you're off to a great start. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing the Heart University podcast. The so Heart. The yes. Heart. Ooh, yes. I'm flattered that you guys allowed me to come on your show today. So thank you. I'm sorry if I made a mess of things. Oh my gosh. You, you did, did not. You added so much to this. This was so much fun. Seriously, you guys are just incredible, especially like individually and as a team. You guys just bring so much to the table. Thank you. Yeah. And well, Alex, you've always been so funny. That I, I mean, <laughs> as as me as a viewer, <laughs> but like just hearing it, getting to talk to you in person, like you are so wise too. And yeah. like Evie said, you guys as a team are just unstoppable. So I can't wait to watch where you guys go now that you're kind of both this this duo full-time situation. Mm-hmm. Yay! 
Thanks, Abby. You guys are the best. Okay, but to answer that question, though, can you guys go ahead and (laughs) plug yourselves? Like, where (laughs) can everyone find you, follow along, learn from you, grow with you, walk with you, all of the goodness? For sure. Well, our website is the social media, uh, S-O-U-L, socialmedia.com. And um, we also have the social media on Instagram. And Officially Quigley is my personal handle. And then we have Jack Potacorn as mm-hmm. Alex's handle. That's jackpot and unicorn combined. So most people think my name is Jack. It's not. It's actually Alex or Al, for those who know me and love me. Uh, no, Jackpot <laughs> was a nickname I got in college. And then uh, the addition of the unicorn was because unicorns were really trendy when I made my Instagram account. This is about five years ago. Uh, so yeah, so <laughs> jackpotacorn, one word, jackpot, I, corn, is my personal Instagram account. That's where I post kind of like the funnier day-to-day stuff, the behind the scenes of our shoots, um, social media tips and tricks, public speaking tips and tricks. You can also email me direct at alex at... The, uh, is it social or... No, Alex at social. <laughs> I don't even know my own email address. That's how I am. That's the first day. one, guys. Don't, don't hate on me. Uh, it's Alex at socialmedia.com, S O U L media.com. Uh, and we are soft launching our, our new coaching business. We're soft launching this month. And uh, that will be open to everyone probably come uh, early August. So keep an eye on that. Uh, so exciting. So stoked. Thank you guys so, so, so much for being on here. This is literally such a fun conversation. And you just brought literally so much to the table and just like mic drop walking away. Like it's so good. Thank you. We'll try. Thank you. It's an honor. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we will chat with you guys soon. I can't wait to see just what, like how people respond to this and everything that they learn because y'all are just pure gold. Same. Thanks, Kelly. Have a great night.